Welcome to the Joy and Needle Show. We're standing outside of Eva Montville's beautiful house and looking at Joshua Tree National Park. Sometimes you start and it happens. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. You sent me an email one time and I never responded. So that's what I'm hearing now. So it wasn't rejected, just never responded. Not never responded. I, I might have accidentally thrown in the trash. I have done that. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, no, I get, I, I get that. The people who live, it's called new construction, the people who live in the second newest subdivision say everything was better before the newest subdivision was built. There were fewer people, less traffic, room for dogs to run free, and dirt bikes. But the people who live in the third newest subdivision say the construction of the second newest subdivision had already destroyed the wonder of the place. And the people who moved in before the subdivisions, the ones who lived in the small houses or the great villas with room enough between them that each could hardly see the other, they say People who need shopping centers and movie theaters and doctors nearby, those people don't belong in this place at all. And natives who didn't need to own the land they occupied say everything was better before the Europeans came. Except the natives who were here before the ones who faced the Europeans. They say it was be better before that bunch showed up. And so it seems it has always been. But I wonder, do the animals rue the day they first saw any human? Do the plants cringe when an animal puts its nose nearby? Does the ground resent being broken up and covered over by plants? And after man has wrought enough ruin, that he must move or die or both? Will the animals fondly remember the feeders we put out? And will they, will, will they survive? And what about the plants? Will the soil re-knit without the plants to tear it apart? Will the rocks smile when they are all that's left? Will the whole process begin anew, hoping this time it will turn out better? So that's my... Uh, yeah, that's my poem. So I can see why you reject it. It's got some stuff here. <laughs> this piece is called, I Didn't Mean to Write This. And I'll begin with a line uh, from the poem Islands by Muriel Rukeyser. Oh, for God's sake, they are connected underneath. I read about a funeral held for a 700-year-old Icelandic glacier, which had melted to the point that it could no longer move. 
It was now considered dead ice. I feel you, I said to a picture on the internet of the gray rock left behind. Over the last few weeks, I was glued to the news of Greta's visit to the UN. I love how uncomfortable she makes the grown-ups, including me. I was dismayed and unsurprised by the misogyny spewed by those who resist all change. How dare she speak out of turn? How dare she not smile? I worried for her in a motherly way. Greta got me thinking about chaos and denial and when is late too late? The house is on fire, she said, and it is, but it is also drowning. I started watching YouTube videos of glaciers breaking apart or calving. In one, tourists on the deck of an Alaskan cruise ship startle at the crack. Then ooh and ah as one chunk after another of thick blue ice pulls free and collapses into roiling seawater. Some people cheer, others cry out, recognizing the tragedy they are witnessing. I wonder if they feel the spray on their faces, even at their safe distance. I wonder if they know there is nowhere on earth that is safe. I wonder if they would admit to the thrill of watching the destruction of something beautiful, or if they'd simply say, how sad. If you never join Twitter, does Donald Trump still make a sound? Oh yes, I'm afraid so. In the middle of that crowded, sweaty, cacophonous room that is Twitter, your president is living his very worst best life, raging and telling on himself and misspelling words, demonstrating every day that he is not a great deal maker or a good man. He is increasingly panicked as his misdeeds and ineptitudes come to light. He has less cool than an eighth grader selling dime bags of oregano. We see right through him, try to ignore him, but every day he is still president, still tweeting his lies and his delight in cruelty. But now, just now, something feels different. Finally, a shift. Whistles were blown because red lines were crossed. Justice moves slow as a glacier, but it moves. Once the fissure appears, it's just a matter of time before the crack. I didn't mean to write about divorce, which in my case this time was overdue and bloodless, but still division, loss, a casting out or off, which reminded me of the other divisions, all my other divisions. It was four years ago this month, I realized, that I was calved from the glacier that is my extended family, from cousin birthday parties and dancing at weddings and annual family reunions holiday cards with pictures of children I do not know. I fell alone into open water. We were not connected underneath. Sunk deep in that old familial ice is a Polaroid of me, age 14 or worse, at one of those family parties, smiling like I wanted to be more like them and less like me. Nothing but the absence of love in that collapsing monolith, well on its way to dead ice. When I slipped underwater, the cold took my breath. Am I dead? I wondered more than once. I melted to nothing, into everything. I stopped pretending to be frozen. Who knows now in this destabilized climate what weather will come? Maybe a surprising cold snap to reshape us, again, hard as ice. On an unseasonably warm day, who knows what seeds will take hold? 
Or maybe we will stay fluid forever, curving into experience, slipping through impasse, dancing in eddies that catch, then release us, infused with fresh biology, mineral, animal, botanical, we will carry it all. We must be willing to drown for our transformation, I scribble down one moody night. We must be willing to give ourselves to the cold, dark, unknown as we descend and decide, will we bother to resurface again? What has cleaved itself free cannot be, cannot be returned, thank Poseidon. We grieve for every lost part of our story, even as we wave it goodbye. Lost history is never a triumph, but are you going to swim to the surface and float for as long as this ruined earth allows or not? I didn't mean to write this. A little bit of everything, humor. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Josie. I used to dream about days like this, looking out of a Wilshire office window, thinking that on my break, I will go several flights down to the outside and let the air fall all over me. Find a green lawn to lie upon and dream of days like this one today. I am lying on a green chenille rug on our wooden deck, clothed by the cool desert breezes, shaded by the overreaching eaves above. The scents of eucalyptus and creosote lull me satiate me. Meanwhile, Lewis is rinsing out the china blue ceramic pot, and I will plant a mini garden into its big round belly. Black bamboo, plumeria, orange flowering succulents, and lemongrass, all from Judy and Dudley's Echo Park Garden. From a place where dreams begin, Friday, 12 noonish, 26 May, 2017, Morongo Valley, California. This is called My Serenity. My Serenity I will share, a special place I visit. It lies deep within a canyon where the desert imparts no limits. For ancient years it has lived beyond man's fatal footprint. I've had to keep it secretive, so its beauty won't be spent. A place of periling clear waters, scampering over time-worn stones, where cast-off leaves play teeter-totter upon ripples from winds blown. There, mossy banks recline in shadows and hug the deep, still pools. The sun glints crystal off the shallows so as to look bejeweled. Trees weave their limbs across the stream to form a cathedral arch, as within the waters life does teem and desert dwellers slake throats parched. I hold this canyon to me as sacred as did the Apache nation. I come here when feeling fear or dread to be healed by God's creation. Oh. It's called the house on a hill. 
the house on the hill. And attention to detail, many believed, was the way in, the tow of getting from sea level to the large house at the end of the road, atop the hill. Too much telltale noise if you drove, so you'd walk, noting rosebush and dragonfly and ugly slug, nothing unworthy of your gaze. You might see a schooner offshore with white sails unfurled, and high above, perhaps a plane, gliding motorless over the entire scene. You observed and named, and at the end of what you, of what you saw might come an idea, something to help you avoid or engage whatever was inside. But you always felt in danger of becoming humorless, overly purposeful, a prisoner of that one idea. You'd will yourself then to look down and the simplest stone you'd come upon would turn, say, into an emerald illuminating a path or you'd extract from the blackberries an invisible stain, your passport, and soon, from out of the fog, a welcome, a large welcoming house would emerge, made out of invention and surprise. No things without ideas, you'd shout, and the doors would open and the echoes would cascade down to the valleys and the faraway towns in your dreams, of course. In real time, the weather wouldn't be right or ghosts disguised as dogs would be blocking the gate. Still, the long climb itself was what each day you woke to plan and think about. It simply was what you did. You didn't have a choice, even if your words again and again were met by silence or those doors opened to a world you couldn't abide. Very cool. I like that. Uh, have you ever wondered why people live in the desert? I'm Dawn Davis, and I host Desert Lady Diaries podcast. It's a weekly conversation with women who found their home in the Mojave Desert. Each week, I talk to women who were either born and raised in the desert or felt called to come here and what the desert means to them. You can learn more about the podcast and listen at DesertLadyDiaries.com. <laughs> so the things, the works I'm going to be reading now are going to be in the December issue of Choi and Neal's. 2019, so thank you. Ends are beginnings, they tell me. New chapters, but the book is now old. Ossifying, body, mind, prate, prate, prate. No content, no dreams. Stop texting and talk to me. <laughs> Tarantula hawk flitting about, wandering tarantulas absent. Don't tell that to the wasp. 
they're not here. The tarantulas aren't here, but we saw tarantula hawks just looking for them. Maybe that means they were there and we couldn't find them. Maybe we could have if we were a tarantula hawk. Do okay. the tarantula hawks have anything to eat if they don't find tarantulas? That's a really good question. Like, do they eat other things? Yes, yeah. yes. Seem like they would have to. That's so specific, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They got this thing about the Joshua tree. It's only one moth that can possibly make them <laughs> you think bats would be able to help with that? But. Much of my life is confusing. Which direction am I going? Too much time for reflecting. I'm faced with decisions. I don't sleep. I don't eat. I don't think. I don't go out. I don't go in. I only wonder, what am I missing? FOMO, oh no, we've got to go, go and go, tally-ho. <laughs> For people who don't know what FOMO is, it's fear of missing out. Okay. I had to put that, make sure it stayed in there because of, yeah, I, I didn't know what it meant until I saw that. <laughs> I'm a high school teacher, so it's a kid <laughs> thing, you know, all the, the kids things. Not accomplishing goals sometimes provides freedom. What does binge-watching Netflix do to our brains? Does that take the place of when we rode trains? A modern form of cultural literacy? Shared stories and values, significance or idiocy? Monday, fall semester began, a new adventure, panic attack or exhilaration? Again, I'm the teacher thing, so. Okay. Surprises. Would I have changed my behaviors? Maybe. Could I have created a different outcome? Maybe. Not. The flowers remind me to sing. The stars remind me how small I am. My oh, writings. That one? Sure. The flowers remind me to sing. The stars remind me how small I am. Oh, I love that. My writings are all minor chords. <laughs> I don't know why. They all seem really depressing. They're all minor chords. I don't know. Okay. He's also a musician. Oh, well, I'm a charlatan. He's a musician. Oh. Heather Morgan. Mark and I went to a workshop with Heather Morgan where she was talking about writing and, and things like that. So... Her big thing was, crap it out. <laughs> okay, a great writer suggested to you just crap it out. Get it out of my head and onto the paper. See it, read it, change it, love it. So crap leads to love? Shit makes great fertilizer. <laughs> I, at one point I edited that and just put Heather Morgan and left it. Oh! But I missed, when I looked at back at it, I said, well, that great writer thing is what made it. So I, I, I did it, I think I ended up doing it the way that you you had it. Where a little asterisk. With the asterisk, yeah. yeah so I love that the magazine can do that, have the people talking to each other, different issues and stuff like that. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Yes, and I've had great conversations from people that have been in the issues and just 
asking them, well, what was your inspiration or how did you come about with that or, or what happened after you wrote that? How did that change you and your thinking or something? Yeah, or just conversation. That's very cool. Okay, this last one. Actually, no, I've got more. But this next one, since there's no one else waiting to read, right? No. All right. You're the star. It's called She Sweeps. She could vacuum, but she sweeps. She doesn't pray nor meditate. She sweeps. When life is life, she sweeps. Rhythmic motion, always the same. She sweeps. Susurration of the straw broom caressing the floor. She sweeps. 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. She sweeps. We get out of her way when she sweeps, whether that be physically or mentally. Do I send you the note that that's my mother-in-law? <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I yeah. have I gotta send you the, the, the link on Google Maps. But when you put her street address in there, I don't know how the heck this happens. These guys go down the street with the with the with a bunch of cameras and stuff. They got a three D picture of her sweeping. Sweeping the street. Oh my goodness. She got tired of sweeping the house, she's sweeping the street. I mean she that. always swept. <laughs> and now she's in the in a home, and we wondered what would happen. Hmm. But she, she decided she loves not doing anything. But it took a long time for her to decide that. Wow, <laughs> that's interesting. But yeah, she sweeps. Wow. <laughs> when I read that, I said, oh man, she knows my mother. I guess so. <laughs> it's something about just the swing and the sweeping and just the zen, the, the one task. You know, it's just, just sweeping. So these two are under yesteryear. Deer trails instead of freeways. Wildlife abound. Respecting whatever nature threw. No daytime traveling in the desert. I feel I was born too late. Hating aspects of today's polluted, crowded world. Idealizing yesteryear. Picturing myself as a character in any of those old westerns. <coughs> Though, I do like my microwave. <laughs> in two generations, in two generations my existence will be unknown, not forgotten. Lack of acknowledgement, I breathe this world air. I have no children to put a photo of me on non-operating fireplace mantles. And there was something in there I needed to check. There was some wording that I needed to, to check to make sure. I want to nourish the earth. Nature's way is for dead things to break down and to put nutrients back into the earth. Dead plants, dead animals, dead plants and animals in scat. I'm an animal, yet I can't cycle back to nourish the earth. It's against the law, the law, the law, the law. The law. He's 93 and a half. Aged father, time worn. 
cognizance 100%, physique waiting on death's door. Few left of his generation, so much loss. Friends, family, abilities, society's value. Make younger friends. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you for reading. What if the Earth decided she'd had enough and she came and she took back over the world? So that's what this is, this is all about. It's called the Earth's Revenge. Rise up, my frail little flower children. On human corpses you'll dine. For I, earth, have no ending, and I'll claim what is rightfully mine. You've scarred my body with cities and streets. You've bloodied my hands with foolish wars. My leaves will cover your sacred asphalt, and dirt seep up through your shiny floors. The paint will crack on your wooden castles, grow roots and prosper once more. You'll be driven, screaming and naked, from your hiding place behind the door. The cars you prize will rust and decay and return to me once again. My body repaired, my children will sing and whisper the myth of the murdering men. Rise up, my frail little flower children. On human corpses you'll dine, for I, Earth, have no ending, and I'll claim what is rightfully. Thank you.